0: Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we talk about all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Morley, Kurt, and Adam Mackey. How's it going, guys? Good. 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 Before we get into the episode, as always, we're going to be talking about the Clamp Challenge. Uh, It has been... I think another project is completed. I haven't seen the official post because I think Mark Dinner is making a YouTube video about it. Uh, but right. he made a story showing the uh, the clamp turned into a woodworking vice, uh, actually in action. So I saw that. So thank you very much, Mark, for entering. I can't wait to see the video uh, to see the full thing in action. And uh, I think there's something else, Mar- uh, Morley or Adam. Did you see the other guy?
1: Yeah, Devin Uh, Williamson at 292 by Devin. Um, He posted near the beginning of the challenge drop um, of a sketch with a bunch of parallel jaw clamps. And it seems like he's moving into the material gathering and prototyping stage. He um, posted a picture of one of those casters that you would get off of an office chair, which is a little mm -hmm. unexpected because I think we were all expecting some sort of like static shelf thing. So I am curious to see what he ends up doing.
0: Yeah, It, it reminds mm. me of like, there's like filed cabinets that have that, those same casters.
1: I did, uh, I did have a nifty clamp use today that kind of inspired me about the clamp challenge. So Eden um, has been making cheese recently and To make cheese, uh, you basically separate milk into curds and whey, and you wrap the whey. Sorry, you you wrap the curds in cheesecloth, and you set it to drain for a while. That's just like the first step in the process. And she had it kind of like tied over the faucet in the sink, but what that meant was that we couldn't use the sink. So I took it and like clamped a wooden spoon to a shelf, and then draped the cheesecloth over that, and. You know, if someone had entered that in the clamp challenge, I would have probably thought to myself like, cool, that's a nifty use of a clamp, probably not a winning entry, but it just was kind of making my mind go about like, wow, there, you know, a clamp is a very useful tool and there's a lot of, um, unconventional ways that you can use it, especially in just holding things in places where other holding methods don't work.
0: Totally. I used a clamp in my Hot Wheels track build that we talked about in the pre-show. So Boom. You can use clamps everywhere. Uh, so, everyone, I I hope to see more Clamp Challenge updates for next week. Um, I'm really excited to see what everyone's going to get going. I've actually finally can work in my garage again, so I might actually be starting my Clamp uh, nice. clamp Challenge entry this week.
2: Did, did you notice that Mark now has our logo permanently in his shop?
0: I did. I did yes. see that. I'm very, that's
1: really cool. Yeah. Very nice. Well, keep posting hashtag clamp challenge and hopefully us three will get our acts together soon and post our own projects. Yeah. It will come. I'm just
2: trying to find, I'm just trying to find the right upcycle bit and then I'm good to go. I've got the All clamps right. and I've got everything else I need. I just, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I think Morley uh, came up with the topic idea for this week. So I think Morley, uh, why don't you take it away?
1: Yeah. So uh, this past weekend, I went to a bachelor party. That's why I was sort of quiet on social media. Usually I'm I'm like a daily story poster. There's usually a solid stream of stories, but I had about a three-day drought. Um, my brother-in-law, it was his bachelor party, and we basically went to a cabin in the woods up in Grant's direction, past Peterborough, Ontario, up in cottage country. We rented a house on a lake, a bunch of crown land around. And for the non-commonwealth country residents, what that basically means is it's public land, which is not developed. And it was very, very beautiful. Um, And, you know, it was a bachelor party, so there was some debauchery. But there was also just some, like, really nice, relaxing time and time away from work. And, you know, being largely self-employed at the moment, I do find myself like trying to fill every spare moment with productivity. And I just find myself like constantly thinking about projects ideas. And so I was a little um, worried going into the weekend. Like, oof, you know, it's going to be, it was Friday noon to Monday afternoon, pretty much away from any sort of ability to be productive in any real way. You know, like for me, Mm -hmm. I love waking up at like, 7 a.m. and like working in a very, you know, productive, efficient way throughout the day. I, I've I've done less and less like small spurts of things. Um, I find that I really just like long stretches of time now. So I wasn't really trying to, to really do anything while I was there except for get the clamp post ready on Sunday evening. Um, so it did end up being really, sorry for the noise in the background, it's my 3D printer. Um, it did end up being really relaxing. You know, it took me a little bit of time to settle in, but you know, one really amazing thing about this experience was that everyone there was like very smart and interesting and in very, very different fields. So we just had, it was like, you know, it was a group of 10, 11 people, most of whom didn't know each other. They were all kind of connected to the groom in different ways. And for about three days straight, we all just talked without a break. There was no like alone time. Everyone just hung out and because we wanted to spend time with one another, we had, we actually had two philosophers um, wow. a doctor, um, you know, like a journalist, me, you know, maker. Um, yeah, a bunch of people from all different backgrounds, someone working with the Red Cross. And so like just lots of really interesting conversations came up and it was a cool opportunity as well to like tell people about what I was doing. Cause I don't really have the opportunity to do that very much these days. Like tell uh, new people I meet at length about what I'm doing and see their reaction and what they find exciting about it. So you know, even though I went into the weekend without an exact plan for um, traditional productivity, it definitely was helpful in spurring ideas. Like that always happens when I go on any sort of vacation, right? I get ideas that I wouldn't have otherwise. And I think a good example of this was like Friday morning before I left. I had a project that I wanted to started uh, that I wanted to start, and. I got the beginning filmed. It was kind of hard to get into because I think my mind was already, you know, on the road and Sunday or Monday when I was driving back, I wasn't really excited about it much anymore. And so when I got back um, this morning, Tuesday morning, the day we we're recording, I started on an entirely different project because it just made me that time and sleeping on it kind of just made me realize that maybe my energy would have been put better somewhere else, which I think was a good choice altogether. So, you know, that, that rest, that time away, I think ended up being really good. And, um, any, you know, insecurity I had about not putting rubber to the road was kind of misguided going into it.
0: So it's, it's more about getting away for an extended period of time. Cause we've talked about sleeping on ideas before, but this is more, you know, taking vacation actually taking your vacation. I know a lot of people, including like my dad who never took vacation. Right. And I think it's really important. Like I, I come from, uh, like I studied human resources in, in college. And one of the things they drill into you is, you know, there's a reason that vacation is a benefit for everyone. Um, and they, you should be taking it because, it you need it to recharge, right? Like humans need to to have a break in order to become more productive later. And weekends aren't enough time for people who do traditional jobs and have five days on, two days off. Those two days are spent o- like, like almost, n- not recharging, like almost recharging, right? And eventually you need to get Away and actually do a full get out of town, stop worrying about work, turn everything off to recharge.
2: It's funny, like literally just before we started recording today, my wife and I were talking about stuff and I was saying I'm so sick of like I want to live our life and I'm so sick of like every time we have time off, we're either cleaning or we're sitting on our ass watching TV because we're just trying to rest and recharge. And I, like, I'm so over it. I want to actually like get out and like go like play golf together or like, and not just be slobs when we, when we, when we're not working. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's definitely what you, what you're getting at. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I love to sit and watch some TV every night and all that sort of stuff. But like, I feel like that's what our life has sort of come to. I, th- I feel like a lot of people probably can really relate to that if you have a spare five minutes or whatever, like you just, you're sitting and trying to recoup your energy that you've burnt working nonstop and, and all that sort of stuff.
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's also a great opportunity to, um, you know, without those distractions to remember what's important and kind of uh, tease out some of the fluff that you might've been focused on and kind of get back to basics in a way. So we were talking in the pre-show Um, I have started watching the TV show alone and I loved survival stuff as a kid. Like I was love survivor, man. I would always like browse survival websites and make fires in my backyard and try to make tents and shelters and things. I made an igloo one winter. I wanted to sleep in it, but I ended up chickening out, which was probably (laughs) a good call. It was really cold. I don't think it would have been a good, good idea. Um, and because we were like, in a cabin and making fires and stuff. I feel like a lot of the time we were, we were talking about like bushcraft and stuff. Actually we were talking about primitive technology because primitive technology has become such a phenomenon that I feel like a lot of people even outside of the maker community know about it. It's like a huge YouTube channel now. Yeah. And it was just, you know, reminding me and making me think like, how can I maybe integrate that into some of my own work? Because it is something that is such a core of my identity not something that I'm really doing actively a lot of right now, but it is something that I find really interesting and would love to find a way to do some more of it. Um, yeah. It's, it was a nice way that things kind of lined up.
0: Right. And I think one first I want to say having gone on a, on a trip with you before into the back country uh, you make good fires. I will say that you did a way better job than I have of making fires. So
1: Thank you. Well, you you struck the winning spark to <laughs> our matchless fire. So I'll give you yeah. that. I, yeah, that was just, I think. And I'd lot. never done that before. I never started a fire with a flint and steel. Uh me neither.
0: That was the first time. So, boom, we, we did it together. It was fun.
2: So, when so we, you when both we did
0: use. By working together?
2: By not using two sticks.
0: Yes, we definitely did. But. Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, yeah. Anyways, to to get back on topic, um, I I think part of why I didn't get as good of video out of that weekend is because I was or week. It wasn't a weekend; it was during the week. But whatever is because I was trying to 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 like walk the tightrope between working and vacation mode. And I think every time I've ever done that at the end of the the like walking away from it i go i i did too much vacation not enough work and i think i need to actually get out and do a vacation vacation and not a work vacation not a film it as i'm going not a vlog not a whatever i want it to not none of those things i need it to be a vacation if i want it to be a vacation or i need it to be a work trip for you know if I want to make content from it, it's a work trip. I need it to be a work trip I need it to I need to think about it that way, like when we came back from high caliber camp and you had all this great b roll footage better than everyone else. it's because I think you went to it with the mindset of this is a work trip, I need all of this footage, and I went into it as like I'm finally away from the family for the first time in two years, I need to unwind right yeah i think, I you. think so, having yeah.
2: kids definitely definitely it attributes to that like you go on a vacation for instance like a holiday to a destination with your family mm-hmm. you need a vacation from your vacation because you're so <laughs> yeah. exhausted when you get back when you have kids you're chasing them around the whole like we went to fiji a couple of years ago my wife was pregnant and we had like we only had one kid then and it was exhausting Like, cause you constantly like just trying to keep them entertained and, and we got home and we were just so tired. And like three days later, I had to go back to work and I was so exhausted.
0: Yeah. Well, I've heard this. So in the no instructions podcast, I've heard, uh, Bob and Josh talk about this before. It was exactly that. It's like, you need to have a, like a kid, a trip with kids isn't a vacation, right? Because it, it, you're wrangling the kids, you're doing all this exactly. stuff, you're planning all these like things to do to keep them entertained, that ends up that you're not able to actually unwind. So morally, yeah. just putting that out there, you're going to get that date one day. <laughs> I remember going to like, just going to a beach, and then like, five days later, getting back on the plane and going home. Right? And that was yep. like a vacation back in the day. Now, like I couldn't do that because five minutes on the beach. And now all of a sudden we got to go do something else. And I got a potty. And then you got to go run around, try and find a place to go potty. It is work. Um, It's wonderful work. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, that's why I think you, when you, when you want to rest, because I think the whole point is humans need rest. If you're going to rest, you need to actually try and pick, you need to be intentional. Even though I'm sure I said intentional first, but for some reason Vincent uh, thinks that Morley said intentional first. Uh, you need to be intentional about uh, your what you're doing.
1: Yeah, I um, <laughs> I will not claim ownership of that word, but thank you, Vincent, for granting it to me. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I went into this weekend with the idea of like, um, I was going to meet a bunch of new people. It was going to be a lot of fun. We There would be some drinking. There would be some time in nature, some time on boats. It ended up being kayaks, not as much uh, motorboats, but it was still great. Um, and that's, you know, that's also a part of it, which is like managing expectations. Um, mm-hmm. There might have been an eventuality where I could have filmed something during the weekend. But I think if I had gone into the weekend without the expectation of doing that, it it would still made it have feel restful. Cause that would just have just been like extra on top. That would have been like the cherry on top.
0: I, You know, you say this, but I really feel like it wouldn't have been restful if you tried to film something.
1: Yeah, no, you're probably right.
0: Cause I, I've definitely done it. Every, and you know what? I've actually brought my whole camera gear and everything to a uh, racetrack going, I'm going to film, I'm going to make a, a race themed vlog video. And even if I don't put it on my channel, I'll put it on the A Legs Racing channel. And every time I just go, you know what? I just want to, I'm away. I just want to, I just want to relax. I, like there's, it's a whole bunch of work to do work on the race car on the weekend. I don't want to do any extra work. And so I end up never doing anything because I'm like in those downtimes, I want to relax because in any minute I could be ripping an engine out of a car. Yeah. I was uh, I read something a while ago about how humans are lazy. Do you guys take the stairs if an escalator is available?
1: No, um, Eden always takes the stairs, and like when we take the subway together, I like it's a quick like switch that I have to make where I'll be heading towards the escalator and she'll go for the stairs. I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, we're taking the stairs. We want to be a healthy person. So I'll go up with her. Um, <sighs> but I, yes, I will usually take the escalator if it is available. Adam.
2: Be, before I first joined the gym, I was elevator escalator everywhere. And then once I joined the gym, I told myself I'm not allowed. They banned for me. I had to use the stairs everywhere I went. Um, right. Post surgery. I've been back to escalator elevator just to get past that. But, Right. I'm back at the gym. I went back to the gym yesterday for the first time and um, yeah, I guess I'm back to stairs now. So
0: So there's an evolutionary thing of why we pick the easy route. It's because humans try to save our energy for the times when we're going to need to run after something and kill it or run away from mm-hmm. something cuz we don't want to be killed, right? So yeah. when we are cho- when we're when we're given that option between escalator and stairs, we have to like beat our mind into submission to choose the difficult option. And when I used to go to work, I would often, a colleague of mine, uh, we took the same bus route and same train. And when we switched from the bus to the train, we'd always have to go down the escalator or the stairs. Um, And I would often just take the escalator and let her to take the stairs because I was that lazy. I was just like, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm just going to do it. And we'd get to the top at the same time and it would be perfect. But uh, it, it's just something I could, I have a hard time overcoming that because I, I want to like save my calories in case I need to do something later, in case a hippopotamus comes out and I need to run away.
2: Uh, to add on to your question, does direction matter? Because I always use stairs to go down. I've never, like, I, I don't use elevator to go down or anything like that. It's always when i need to go up the stairs
0: Oh, yeah, there is that like i'll use an escalator to go down uh because i can still walk down and just go faster but i won't yeah. i i i'm very unlikely to use an elevator to go down if the stairs are presented in it like next to it if there's only i don't elevators, understand
2: people right? like, that walk up an escalator Oh, I'm, oh, I'm like, like, person the people,
1: escalator. I think oh, I yeah. see it as like a medium between being lazy and being active. <laughs> <laughs> Me
0: too. I I'll do escal- walk up the escalator two steps at a time because I'm yeah, like a I weirdo. Mean, like, if you
1: walk up the escalator, then you're just being more efficient. It's not even that you're being lazy. I, I mean, I think um, I think there's something to be said for saving your energy energy if there actually is something that you're saving your energy for. Um, you know, when I was doing track competitively. It was constantly doing that. It was like, you know, got to prepare for the championship meet. The whole season was leading up to this one meet. And it's all about like building and conserving energy for that. I remember one time in high school during winter track, the championship, the championship meet got postponed three times due to weather. And that means that for three weeks straight, I thought I was about to like peak But I had to not go and then like continue that process into the next week. And it was exhausting and frustrating because your body is just like, you know, ready to go vibrating with energy and then there's no release. And you have to kind of like go back down to 70%, work your way back up to 90%. And it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, really frustrating. And like when I stopped doing track halfway through university, I think I, there was an adjustment to no longer having to really like conserve energy in that same way. Like, I feel like while I was doing track, I was always like, maybe a little careful about the, or very thoughtful about like any training that I was doing, you know, like if I'm going to go for a really hard bike ride, well, you know, remember you have that track meet this weekend, so you don't want to destroy your legs. And like, it's a totally different mindset when you're just like working out non-competitively because you, (laughs) you can just like be a little more carefree with it but I'm totally a believer in like strike while the iron's hot. So like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, Mm. I've definitely moved towards like working in very specific focused times. Whereas in the past it would be more like in spurts throughout the day. And I I find that I'm just, it's a lot better to do that because then I can more appreciate the downtime and the relaxing time and then set aside that time that is more for work Um, It's, I think it's really hard to get to that point because you need to know what is productive and you need to know your own work habits. But if you can do that, I think that's like kind of the best way to go.
0: I a hundred percent agree. And it's one of the hardest things to do when you're a hobbyist, but the task switching is a super big drain on your mental ability, right? because you're you're the, the little spurts and then do something different and then go back and, and it's it's a drain because your mind is switching from productivity moments to doing something different to like and it's the all the switching makes it so that you're super drained after doing it um so you, the the I found I'm most productive if I have a short time frame to do something because I have to get it done by that time. And I just. I'm super hyper focused on it. So even if it's an eight hours. I got one work day to finish this. Whatever giant report I needed to do. Boom. Just I do it right. Uh, and I found. if If I could somehow channel that. To actually do it. When I need. When I'm not facing a deadline. It would be amazing. But I think after that. I know I'm. Like almost done. Like I feel like I need a super big rest after a day like that, because I've almost always come up unexpectedly um, because I slack on my work and they get told, "Hey, you need this done by the end of the day." Grap. Uh.
1: <laughs> well, I feel like that every time I publish a video. Every time I publish a video, I I feel very tired and like a little drained, and so I've I've started to just build that into my schedule where it's like if I publish a video on a day, like there's no way I'm going to start a different project that same day. It's going to be cleaning and organizing and doing like other small housekeeping tasks and to then prepare for the next day where I know that, um, I will be ready to like go hard again. Interesting. It really, I
2: should start doing that. Actually clean the shop after I finish a project and not just move on and wonder why all my tools aren't put away.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like that's for me, that's the best time to do it. Like, there's not even, mm. I would rather trash my space during a project and maybe clean up a little bit here and there just so, like, I'm not frustrating myself by literally not being able to move around. And then, and then reserve the time afterwards for like really cleaning up properly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I really want to be the person that at the end of the day puts all the tools away. Because there's nothing more frustrating than looking same. for a tool and looking for a tool and look, and you can't find it because you took it out three days ago, even on the same project, but you took it out three days ago knowing you're going to need it later and never using it again, you know, until three days later and now you can't find it. I hate that. So every tool in my shop has a place, even if it looks disorganized. I know where it is if I put it away properly. Right. So I want to be the person who just at the end of the day, But I think it. You're right. You need to have a day after you're done a big project to to put everything back. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a rest day.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Van Neistat put out a video maybe like a week or two ago about organization, and you know, like he is incredibly organized. That's like part of his whole aesthetic. But one thing he talks about a lot is like it's not an aesthetic; it's a necessity for him as working as an independent filmmaker and especially living in New York City where he had like very, very little space. And so he made a whole video about like his whole methods and mantras of organization. And one of them was, there was a few that really stuck with me. One of them was shelves, like put up shelves all the time. And I was like, I do not have enough shelves. I need (laughs) to just cover this room in shelves. Another was um, avoiding stacking things on one another because you're just- creating a barrier to accessing whatever thing. And and as I was watching, I was just looking around my, like my workshop and thinking, I'm just seeing stacks everywhere.
0: My wife does this all the time. Everything gets stacked on top of each other. I go into a cupboard and it's like, you have to like, I'm just trying to grab a plate and there's five different, like other random kids plates on top of other plates. And there's bowls on top of that and i just go mm-hmm. why do we have all this stuff stacked we have lots of room we need to not nothing needs to be stacked but she wants it like all in one spot instead of it being spread out and i'm like if you spread out we don't have to like i grab a plate and 17 other things come with it anyways i 100 <laughs> you know what maybe i gotta check this guy out i've never heard of him before you've never mentioned him but <laughs> maybe i should check him out it, that sounds like someone yeah. i can get behind caravan caravan
2: nice hat yeah, <laughs> caravan yeah. um yeah.
0: but you we we're gonna we listen to this it. so we can say whatever <laughs> we want
2: <laughs> but we all do it every every maker has had that whole have to move everything off their workbench and they just move it to another workbench you know like I, we all just move our mess from one spot to another and then we need to move it from there to somewhere else and
0: well, even the worst is like when you have stuff so you can either stack your books on like I've seen once I went to someone's house and they had a bookshelf and they had books stacked horizontally what? and I went and I went like instead of them having checked? them vertically and I just went what is why what's happening here and it was like an aesthetic reason they did it and I just went well that just means that you can't pull the bottom book out if you wanted to read it like it's frustrating to do it. You can obviously you pick up the seven or eight books that are on top and you slide the one out from the bottom, but I just go, No, that's not how books work. The other way you just easily pull one out. But I don't know. What I wasn't I didn't say any of this to them. <laughs>
2: so they just, clearly so, just never read the books. <laughs> it's all just the looks. Well, the display books. Okay.
0: I will say this. How many books on your bookshelf have you read more than twice? Or even more than once? I've read yeah, every one of yeah, my books twice, but because I ran out of books, so I just started back at the start and read them all again and nobody got me
1: any books in the interim and I went and all the <laughs> libraries were closed, but uh. <laughs> it is nice though, when you're in that perusing mode, cause I find that like, you know, I don't go to my bookshelf every day, but the times that I do go, I'm like looking from book to book to book, maybe looking for the next book that I want to read.
0: So you want them in the same way the whole way across
1: well, you know, I think that I think the vertical orientation is correct because it allows for that
0: yeah, well, if you had them all horizontal, you could do like you know like reading you you read one page, read the next page, read the next page,
1: but here's the problem, right so if you're stacking your books horizontally, let's say you take out the bottom one, right yeah, if they're stacked in such a way where they only go together in certain ways. Then you have to lift all those books back up to, to put, put it back. back in. Yeah,
0: I know, <laughs> and that's exactly why you don't want to have that in your shop. Mm-hmm. But I think we've gotten off the topic of rest. I really appreciate that, but this is a topic that I could rant about for ages. But if you want to hear a rant, you got to listen to the after show. But I think we should get back into rest a little bit. So in talking and thinking about your, your your topic idea when you presented this the other day. Um, It made me think a lot about um, ways that we get ourselves into a rest mindset. And I wanted to talk to you guys, see what you do to try and put yourself into that mindset. Can you share anything with the listeners that might help us help them or help us if we if we think differently, um, get into a rest mindset to turn off the work, to stop To stop worrying about it even. Even if you're not. I know I have a hard time when I go. If I'm within walking distance of my house. I just go. I should be at home doing something. Right. Because I'm not far enough away. I haven't closed my mind off. But if I'm five hours away by car. I can much more easily shut it off. So is there any tips you guys can share that help you shut off the work mindset and get into the rest mindset?
2: I don't know if I ever do. Like even if I'm five hours away, I'm still thinking about projects I want to make. No.
1: Um, I think, you know, I don't necessarily think there's some, anything wrong with that. I think you need to, Maybe think about how you want to integrate that into your rest. So at the end of this weekend, I I kind of sat down for 15 minutes and then made a list of kind of all the ideas that I had had throughout the weekend because it's, I don't I think it's impossible to really turn that I off agree. completely. And, I, and 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 I wanted that like I I like leaving my environment to get new ideas and so I wasn't expecting to not think about work at all um, because I don't really think that's the goal really of a vacation, but I do think. That mindfulness in general is, is kind of what it all comes down to. So mindfulness, as in, um, being very much in the moment, and, um, yeah, that, I, that's basically it. Being very much in the moment. So things that anything that you can do to focus on the moment, I think, uh, will help you relax and not be anxious and worry. And so, one like for example, skateboarding for me is a very good mindfulness exercise because do to successfully get new tricks in the half pipe. I need to be there. I need to be like working on the trick and thinking about, okay, next time on this 50, 50 grind, you know, turn a little bit later make sure your, um, back wheel is, you're not turning until your back wheel hits the coping. Um, and I think when you're with other people and a lot of the activities around conversations, it's about like, you know, really listen and care about what other people are saying. And Like, for example, this weekend, it was a really cool opportunity to be with all these very interesting, kind people and (laughs) interview them for a while. I think actually doing a podcast has made me a much better conversationalist. I can be like, great, you know, tell me about all the interesting things that you're doing and let's talk about that for two hours. I don't need to talk about myself. Oh, we'll get there. Like, I don't mind and it'll be fun. Um, But yeah, if you have like other people who are with you, just um, really try to, be curious about what they're talking about. I think so Eden as a social worker now, because she's graduated, so she can call herself that, um, congratulations, Eden. Yeah. So as a social worker and with her experiences, she's done a lot of like active listening training Mm
0: -hmm. and,
1: uh, what a lot of active listening comes down to is just curiosity. So if you can be curious about when someone is talking about, um, number one, it makes them feel heard and listened to, which is great. But number two, like it just, gen- it uh, genuinely engages you with a conversation. So just coming into it with genuine curiosity, I think is very helpful. But in terms of like getting into the, whatever relaxing situation, um, I had a three, four hour drive to get there. So that was a really right. nice transition. Um, and I fa- also found that like not listening to the radio or anything um, also kind of allowed me to just daydream while driving and sort of, um, you know, not think what's about what's going on in the world or what's going on in my podcast feed.
0: Hmm. I think, I think it's, I think it's a, you made a really good point. It's about time to transition because I think the problem with, if I'm trying to do something close to my house, I'm too close. I didn't have enough time. I didn't, I needed more time to transition. So over yesterday was my birthday and uh, we went to a park uh, and a beach and we played like it was a, it's a Mooney's Bay for anyone who wants to look it up in Ottawa. And they have like 17 different play structures for kids. Um, and we went there and I wanted to have a picnic and I wanted to have a beer. And so we did those two things. And then we went and played on the thing on the play structures. And by the time in the first like hour, I was still feeling like not like I need to be productive. I need to do things like whatever. Like I need, even though it's my birthday and it's like a day of don't do any work. I was still thinking to myself like, Oh, we need to, I need to do something. But I think the time spent there knowing, you know, we'll leave whenever we leave, but we didn't have a plan. But the more time we spent there, as long as my son was having fun, the better it was. And so we had a great day where we were at the beach and we were at these, these play structures and we were climbing all over the place. And I felt like I had a great, like restful time.
1: That sounds awesome. And I think um, maybe something that, that comes down to or an aspect of it is that you kind of had a project In and of itself, it's like, have a great day with your son, you know, and you have these things that you could do. I think for a lot of makers and people in general, it's like, maybe not the most realistic thing to expect to just be able to feel relaxed, not doing anything. Cause I think Mm -hmm. for many people that's like anxiety inducing. Um, So I think if you can work in totally fun, like benign vacation projects, that's always great. So for example, this weekend, there was a lot of meals to cook. And dishes to do, and just being able to like be productive and feel like you were helping and building this little home for the weekend made a lot of people feel like um able to you know feel relaxed but also feel like a real person. um Another one was just like making fires, so like one day it rained a bunch, and so a bunch of us spent like an hour and a half trying to get a fire going. <laughs> it ended up being really fun <laughs> and <Yeah>. ultimately unsuccessful.
0: <laughs> oh no, yeah, um, making fires in the rain is difficult,
1: yeah. So yeah, like being able to do like fun little projects like that. Like I always enjoy like when camping, like camping in a way is just like playing house in a different location. So like, that's why one of the reasons I like camping is like, there's lots of stuff to do. You're not just sitting around, you're like making camp, you're making a fire and you can like decide that you want to whittle a stick into a slightly pointy stick if you want to.
0: And I think that's, so I think if you go into it knowing that I think It's great. I think a lot of people go into this as saying, I'm going to spend my vacation time to play house somewhere else. I don't want to do that. And I think what you have to do is you have to realize that for sometimes you need the rest where your rest is just rest. And some people need more of that. And some people need to be productive where they need to be making the fires. They need to be you know, doing the thing they need to be making the dinners and all that other stuff that goes along with it. And other times, some people need to just get away and do nothing for a week and cook nothing and do nothing and sit at the beach and do nothing. And it's okay to do both like to be one or the other of those people. And it's okay to be both those people. And I think, you know, a lot of makers I've heard talk about, you know, They want to be productive all the time and that's great, but I don't, you may be missing out on what a week of no work could bring you in terms of fresh ideas and fresh thoughts and fresh, just entirely being refreshed. So it might be something you think about, but you know what is really refreshing
1: I thought that was a rhetorical question.
0: (laughs) No, you're just saying. What's really really refreshing? (laughs) Our Patreons, they're really refreshing. And, uh, you know, they're refreshing because they support the show. And I want to thank them sincerely because without them, this show wouldn't be happening. everyone who supports us over there gets access to the pre-show and the after show in the pre-show. We have to talk about what we've been doing this week in the after show. We like to talk about, uh, uh sometimes fun and secret stuff. Uh, but you get both those things. They go on the, they bookend this wonderful podcast that we do. Uh, I want to especially thank our F clamp level. They're the highest level, uh, Brent Jarvis from Clean Cut Woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from Because We Make, Austin from The High Caliber Craftsman, and Scott Oram from Dad It Yourself DIY. Thank you very much for supporting at that level. Like I said, anyone who supports us at any level gets access to those things as well. They get a keychain made and numbered by uh, Morley. Um, If you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp. Uh, I want to honestly say we recently... Uh, Buzzsprout, the podcast provider that we have, opened up ads for podcasters. So you can actually monetize through their service. So you don't have to try and find a stamps.com person. You can actually just get an ad through them. They're currently priced at 1.4 cents per download. So to put that in perspective, we'd be getting about $20 a month. And that is just a little bit above what it costs us to do this. So we're not going to do ads. We've said it from the beginning. We don't want to do ads. But I wanted to put it out there and I wanted to say, you know, you guys, you supporting us, you're the reason we're able to do this. Um, you're the reason that that we continue to do it. So thank you very much. Um, if you can't support us financially, I completely understand that. You know, not everyone can. And we just appreciate you listening in. And if you want, you can share the show and write us a review.
2: Is there any F Clamps left?
0: There are currently F Clamps left because we although we have it limited, because we don't want to have a twenty minute long session on explain you know, saying everyone's names, we have it limited, but we also have different under the table ways of becoming an F clamp. <laughs> So a couple of people have done a little under the table. So if you're interested in that because you don't like Patreon for some reason, which is understandable, there's lots of reasons to not like it, uh, send us a message. Specifically send me a message because I'm the one who works out all the deals. So send me a message and I'll work out a deal so that you can get your name read off if you're interested. Um, and there's a couple of the more, government's
2: listening. It's not illegal.
0: <laughs> it's not illegal. It's just under the table.
2: Yeah, yeah. Cash under the table. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: Anyways, <laughs> uh, on that note, clamp mandations. Clamp mandations. Clamp mandations.
1: So, Scott Mueller Woodworks is making this incredible lamp. Um, he does a lot of wood turning on Instagram. And. He put out a reel like today or yesterday of gluing all these tiny pieces of wood together. And it's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, it looks very relaxing as well. He's making all these different patterns with repeating tiny little blocks of woods. And he's using a lathe in a really interesting way to like index the turns to make sure it's turning exactly the same amount every time. Um, so yeah, it's, (laughs) you just got to check it out. It's super cool. Um, link will be in the show notes, Scott Mueller woodworks doing cool stuff.
0: I just looked oh, at that. Cool. that is pretty awesome looking yeah. well i'm gonna I'm gonna shout out uh Stephanie from Uncommon Outpost because she's currently doing some fun stuff with her car, and after i uh harassed her enough, she decided to drive her car with only about forty percent of the interior put in place and I thought it was really funny. Um, And everyone should go check it out. She makes awesome uh, stuff as well as great little stories on the side. Um, She's definitely a good follow. If you haven't seen her workbench, it's amazing. Um, But right now, she's working on her element, and I thought it was really funny what she did today. Um, So check out that recent reels from Stephanie.
1: I was watching that reel today, and I heard Eden yell from the other room like, if you're gonna to listen to annoying music, can you please wear headphones? Because <laughs> <laughs> it is an incredibly annoying song in the real. But it's yeah. funny. Oh, uh, I'm going
2: to clip and date a YouTube channel I found recently called Pedula Studio. I think it's Pedula or Pedula, P-E-D-U-W-L-A. And this guy's work is amazing. I mean, he has 122,000 subscribers, and he only has 12 videos. So. It shows how, how good his work is. But his cinema, cinema photography is so good. I, I'm i never usually the kind of person that watches videos without, like, voiceover and, and all that sort of stuff. Like, it, it, he doesn't talk at all. It's all ASMR sort of tool noises and stuff. And I never was into that, but I got hooked. Like, his cinematography is so good that it makes up for it.
0: Nice. Definitely some beautiful yeah. work for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, at this point in the podcast, we normally do more at least reading a review, but we haven't had a review in a while. So I'd really appreciate if someone could go out there and write uh, a funny review. Any stars. So the Working Hands podcast that we had on last week, they only read the five-star reviews. We read all the reviews, no matter how many stars. We appreciate five stars. But if you give them a one-star review, we're going to read it.
2: Even if it's negative.
0: Even if it's negative, we're going to read it. They'll read a negative five-star review, which is like the weird thing. It'll actually
1: probably be more more fun if it's negative because then we can actually have a conversation about it. It's not just thank you for the nice review.
0: (laughs) If you want to put a five-star review with constructive criticism, you can do that too. Yeah. But uh, since we don't have a review, let's go on to Adam's Australian Word of the Week.
2: Yeah, well, speaking of five-star reviews, no. Anyway, my word of the week this week is going to be larrikin. 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 Could you please spell that? L-A-R-R-I-N. Sorry, I-K-I-N. Larrikin.
1: Larrikin. You know, it sounds like an Australian word. After learning about capsaicum, is that right? Your word for peppers? (laughs) Capsicum. (laughs) Capsicum. And <laughs> oh, yeah, the capsaicin is like the this, this spicy chemical. Um, and uh, linisher, it, it, it sounds like Linasher. along those lines. Oh, oh,
0: okay, whoa, whoa. I went and looked up more about Linasher's Yep. to tangent a bit.
1: Are they
2: different?
0: They're slightly different. So a okay. linisher has a very specific belt grinder or belt sander. Mm-hmm. That's all.
2: Right. It's for okay.
0: a very specific thing. But it's well, like-
2: They look the same.
0: If if you were just looking at them, yeah. If you don't know what you're looking at, they look exactly the same. Yeah.
2: Whoa. Okay.
0: And they're probably one of those things that, like, because of like how everyone calls it a sawzall over here, mm-hmm. even though it's like yeah, a reciprocating yeah. saw is the appropriate it's term. A re-sip, So recip saw. Yeah. What is the word again? Larrikin. Larrikin. Can you use it as a sentence? Because there's. Or give it – either use it in a sentence or give it if it's a noun, verb, adjective, adverb. Uh,
2: what's a describing word?
0: An adjective. D- if it describes oh, – it's an a, an, it's adjective an adjective describes a noun, an
1: adverb describes a verb.
2: I don't know what a – what's a noun? What's a <laughs>
1: – A person. You know, a, a noun is a, a person. A, I think using it in a sentence <laughs> would be the most helpful.
0: Well, yeah, but sometimes that gives it away too much. That's why – I wanted. Uh, I thought well, he, he could do the other. Okay. One.
2: Uh he was a bit of a larrikin.
0: Hmm. So it's an adjective because it describes a person, place, or thing.
1: Or an, it's a noun, even like because I'm thinking it's a lazy person.
0: I, I like that. Sure.
2: Mm. So you both have the same is, answer. Yeah. Okay. I got nothing. A mischievous young chap.
1: Oh, huh. interesting! I don't know if we have a word for that in North American English. A mischievous young chap.
0: I assume uh, it's well. like some sort of idiomatic expression.
1: We definitely do. It's. I'm. I'm just not. It's not off the top of my head. Definitely a slang. Cool. Interesting. A larrikin
0: hmm.
1: Is are you looking up synonyms, Grant?
0: I yeah. I was just looking. To see if we had something. Hooligan. Be,
1: oh, would, would say, there we go. That's the or that's hoodlum. It. But hooligan hoodlum. also is a very specific term in British English, right? Doesn't it? It's like wild sports fans specifically. Or soccer fans. Football fans. I don't know. Like the it's Green Street well, hooligans.
0: Can someone out there I I who knows the answer to that chime in. And on that note, I'm going to thank T.F. Turning for the theme song. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. You can find all of us on the Instagrams, Facebooks, Twitters by searching for Clamp, Clamp Clampcast, or Clamp Adam Morley Grant. You can find Morley over on all the things by searching Morley Kurt. You can find Grant on all the things by searching Grant Alexander. And you can find Adam on all the things by not searching for his name, but instead searching for Maker Mackey. And uh, yeah, On that note, thank you, everyone. Cheers.
2: Bye. Bye.
0: And have a good day.
2: Bye. (laughs) Have a great time. You said it. You said the thing. (sighs)